Welcome to Licensed Psychologist, Now What? A podcast about the journey psychologists and psychotherapists go through as they reclaim their intuition and unleash their healing gifts while maneuvering getting licensed, life, and making a living. And although this podcast host and many of the guests are mental health professionals, the information provided is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professionals, or for supervision and or consultation purposes. Hello, everyone. I am so happy to be here with you for another episode of Licensed Psychologist Now What? This is your host, Dr. Lidiana, and today I have the honor and privilege to introduce to you all and speak, because I also get so much from these conversations with Diana Jeras, a licensed professional counselor in Georgia. And we were sharing before hitting record about some of the work that she does, and it's so amazing. So if you can introduce to us, please, Diana, let us know about you, your services, and what do you love the most about it? Okay, thank you, Liliana, for having me, and I'm very honored to be here today. So my name is Diana Lleras. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a licensed professional counselor. I have a master's in mental health counseling uh, from here in Georgia at Mercer University. So what I like the most about what I do and the services that I offer, I offer different types of modalities for trauma healing. So I am trained in EMDR, IFS, a little bit of nature therapy. I'm trying to get into, you know, somatic therapy. And what I'm trying to do is that I want to fill in the gap for, you know, what's missing in our community. And because our community has gone through and is still going through so much trauma, I want to be the best equipped I can to, you know, help uh, the Latina community here in Georgia. And I offer mainly individual counseling services here you know through telehealth or through in person and my goal or my dream is to create you know a group or something where we can all heal in community so important so important and diana was sharing about the work that she's been doing with immigrants in the border and which border would be now i'm like curious can you share a little bit more about that so I'm working, um, contracted through Seneca Family, which is an um, organization that is helping the families that have been separated at the border. So a lot of these families, you know, I'm not working at the border, but some of these families have migrated here to Georgia. And I am the person that usually is helping them out. You know, there's a lot of people coming our way from different places. So Originally, I started at a community service board where we helped mainly the Latina community. And I got, you know, well acquainted with the needs in the community and with how oppressive this state is. So in Georgia, they're very racist and oppressive. So, you know, you need to have a social security to get a license, a driver's license, and you know, if you don't have it, then you get arrested and then they'll call ICE. So, you know, just helping people navigate all those things. So mm. that's where I realized that I really needed to focus more on the trauma and how abusive the system is and how it, you know, abuses its power to take advantage of people. So same with, you know, these children that have been separated from their 
parents, you know, at the border, I'm, I'm working mainly with the kids. And at the same time, the referral comes for the whole family. So, mm -hmm. such an important work in this time and age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Recently, I finished a book about the Dust Bowl and how, you know, many from the Central Plains became refugees in California and, mm -hmm. and how horrible Californians treated them. And, and I can, you know, we're still confronting all these difficulties. And you were sharing also how they share about what they miss the most. Can you share a little mm -hmm. bit about that? Yeah, so most of the time when I talk to the, the children that, you know, have been held, they talk about how they miss home and they miss nature. You know, they have a very close relationship with nature that maybe here they might not feel as close one because, you know, the vegetation is a little different, they're a little lost. There might not be as much nature available to them. So in our work together, what we try to do is that we try to make friends with the nature that they may have available here in the U.S., either, you know, through, you know, looking out the window and just describing what they see and, you know, making, you know, connections. Or if we're doing telehealth, looking out my window and just like making connections and, you know, uh, connecting with nature in different ways um, that might help them feel a little bit more grounded and like, might help people feel a little bit more, yeah, more, more grounded and um, at a higher window of tolerance when the stressful situations come. Mm. And how's been your journey with nature? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so... I came originally from Bogota, Colombia, so we didn't have that much access to nature. And, you know, during the weekends with my family, we would always, you know, go have a picnic or go hiking or anything like that. So when I moved here, I had a similar experience where you feel kind of, you know, trapped because you don't really know what's around you. And, and we still, you know, we go walking and wonder at you know the different animals that were here compared to back home and just kind of create different relationships with nature so i've always we've always had pets so i've always find found it very healing and helpful so that's why i think that i was called to you know learn more about nature therapy and how to incorporate that in you know in my practice and in helping you know helping that as a resource to kind of help people find healing through their connections with nature. Hmm. I love that. And I know right now, especially during the pandemic and the limitation of so many people like staying put and staying home. And I remember when the whole thing started, I was living in an apartment and I was like, we need a bigger place ASAP that we can have, even if it's a small, like I have like a little small backyard with green and, and something, but, mm -hmm. and I can only imagine the folks that live you know like I was thinking Manhattan and New York and Bronx and Queens and people that live in high risings and don't mm -hmm. have access to much green and it was so dangerous to go outside but I but there was this like I know we're talking about the great I think it's like like people that don't want to go back to work there's a term for that right now I can't seem to access it but there was also there's been also like a huge migration of people moving out of main cities to more rural areas of the U.S. And I wonder, like, soon we're going to talk more about that. 
But the part of it was that need of connecting with nature and it's been like a buzzword. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what is that nature healing? Because I know you have some trainings and stuff. Like what is what is that? Like so nature therapy focuses mainly on how nature can help you heal. They use it mainly for teenagers, you know, at risk youth. They do, you know, usually what they what they'll do is that they'll go camping, they'll go on these different quests and that should, you know, with the hopes that that will help, you know, teens heal and feel better. So what nature does for your nervous system, we're wired to feel calmer when we're in nature. So nature actually helps us ground ourselves. Mother nature does. So when you're out, let's say in the forest, when you're in your garden, when you're watering your plants, the the smells, the sensations, the views of having that connection with mother nature or, you know, playing with a pet, we're wired to feel calmer by those. And also the nutrients in the soil or, you know, the chemicals that you release when you're taking care of a plant, of a pet, usually will help you tolerate stress a little bit better, you know, because you release, you might release some oxytocin, you might, you know, inhale some minerals, some nutrients that would, you know, if you're depressed, they might help you fight depression, they might help you feel a little bit better, they might make your immune system better too. So, and engaging with your five senses, you know, like being very mindful, paying attention to the colors that you see, like just being very present in what you're doing in the moment when you're engaging with the natural environment or the natural world can help you feel a little bit better. And that's why people usually that might live in a rural area experience a lot less stress than people who might live in a crowded city, you know, like New York City or I don't know, LA, LA. Bogota, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so what might happen is that when we don't have, number one, you don't have access to as much oxygen because, you know, trees create oxygen, plants create oxygen, they reduce CO2. So that affects your body, your physical health, and your physical health might also affect your mental health and vice versa because everything is connected. And I know in a lot of different cultures, there's a spiritual aspect to it too, right? Like um, the animals, the trees, they might not just be trees and animals, they might be our our siblings right like they might be our parientes right like they might be related to us and or you know if you you know if since you have a backyard like if you mm-hmm. sit out there and you start observing you might notice oh there's a bird that comes every morning or there's a family of squirrels that lives here you know what i mean so being in community with nature has it opens us up more and it helps us live a healthier you know a healthier lifestyle and usually in research, you know, if you're trying to go more by the Western uh, <laughs> uh, medicine, they have discovered that people who are in hospitals, those who have a window in their bedroom, seem to mm-hmm. heal faster than those who don't. So, you know, that's how Western medicine claims they found the healing aspect of nature. And I'm sure there's there's more to it than just that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it has to become mm-hmm. evidence-based right. <laughs> for it to be true. Yeah. yeah. Something else that there, yeah. Anyways, we can go on, on a tangent. <laughs> Clearly, we have opinions on it. 
I'm like, wow, I went on a trip on my mind. I'm like, I was not even thinking of that, of the nutrients that you're inhaling with plants or nature and, and what you release. Like, wow, I was here like thinking, I wonder, I don't know if that exists. I don't know if you don't, if you know, but it's just a curiosity that maybe some of my listeners or some of the listeners, not my listeners, have. Is there like a list of plans that are like, these are the best plans when you're going through depression or sadness or for insight, like in terms of the micronutrients, I don't know, like I was like. So, so not necessarily like just supplanting, so you know, uh, mm. planting a plant. So like if you, if you do own plants that you're feeling kind of down, see which plants might need repotting that might help you feel a little bit better. It might help them feel a little bit better, you know. The, the smell of the soil is what might help us feel better. So that's why if you do have access to a forest or a park, you know, the smell of the ground, those yeah. that smell like you're, you're inhaling those nutrients from the soil, uh, from the earth. And those nutrients, you know, are made to help you feel a little bit better, help your, your immune system get a little bit better because, you know, there's microbes in there, there's microbials, but, yeah, you know, like they're, yeah. they're not harmful. Yeah. And they're, you know, for us to kind of feel more connected to everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so, so no, there's not necessarily a specific plan. If you're depressed, you might want to do, you know, like a more low-maintenance plan. And, you know, like sometimes repotting it, you know, I would suggest repotting with, without gloves, but if, you know, like if that's not something that you're, you want to do, you can definitely use the gloves because, you know, like what you want to do is like have the sensations of, you know, like feeling the dirt on your hands or smelling it or absorbing the nutrients through your hands, you know what I mean? Um, so that's usually what can be helpful, you know, in, in yeah. helping you feel a little bit better. Oof, and then this is bringing like the dirt, you know, the soil, yeah. which we... Many times we're like dirt, but the soil, it just carries so much. Yeah. Yeah. And you we know, keep forgetting that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's what holds us up, right? The ground, the soil, the earth, you know? So again, you know, if you're someone that's been through trauma, that experiences, you know, flashbacks or that experiences a lot of anxiety, just laying down on the floor and feeling literally feeling mother earth holding you right so it can be you know like on that you can look down on the if you want on the dirt or on the grass or on your carpet but you know just kind of feeling earth holding you that can be really grounding too and really helpful hmm. mm-hmm. Oof, so many ideas thank you i'm like here like even when you were saying like what holds you is like yeah there's different types of soil there's the La tierra como dura y seca. There's the one that is a little bit more humid. There's all these things and all these yeah. metaphors that we can use for our lives about what we need, what kind of holding do we need. So, and mm. I, when you were talking, I was here visualizing just like a retreat outside and just laying down and feeling the ground and asking so many questions. So anyways, thank you for that visuals and inspiration. Yeah. And you mentioned you come from Bogota. So were you um, over there? Like little or do you get here older? I, yeah, I grew, I was there until I was 14, about to be 15. And then I, we migrated here to Georgia. So, you know, and I was very fortunate and privileged, you know, like we were able to migrate, you know, through like a job visa and have good, you know, support from our family. So, yeah. Yeah, because I was wondering, 
because I know you mentioned like in the cities, you're like in Bogota in terms of like, were you able to have access to nature back home or when you go visit if you do? Yes. So the difference, and I'm wondering, you know, if this has been the experience for some of my younger, you know, uh, clients over there, for example, school is what we call campestre. So it's open. Like when you step out of your classroom, you're outside and you're not mm -hmm. in a building all day. <laughs> yeah. So we did have, you know, access to, to nature that way. So when, you know, I transitioned here and you know, there's no, you know, grass at the school or <laughs> mm -hmm. um, where you can just sit down and play or um, you don't really go outside, but, you know, the lawn tower, it was, mm -hmm. you know, like a, a difficult transition for me. So, so yeah, so mm -hmm. I think just in our culture, that's included, you know, my mom has always had plants and, you know, she used to talk to them. I never understood why, but now I do that. I have my own plants, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was always exposed to you know, taking care of nature, don't litter, don't, you know, do these things, you know, don't waste food, like, like, just that respect for the natural mm. world that uh, maybe here in the US, the culture is a little bit different. It's like, that's there. But then we're here, like we're not, there's not really a, mm. a connection per se. Oh, and not having that connection, it's just, it's, it's so sad, because it's like this idea that nature is its own different thing and it doesn't impact us or we don't impact and it's like right. we're an ecosystem yeah. <laughs> nature impacts us we impact nature so yeah so important and what are some of the practices that you do to connect even when you don't have like let's say like you're a huge backyard I don't know how your living situation but you mentioned you have indoor plants but what are the things that have helped you the most simple but that have been helping you? Mm. So when I might, when I don't have access, you know, to my, you know, my plants or my backyard or, uh, well, I don't, my balcony, <laughs> I don't have a backyard, but, <laughs> or my pets, you know, what I do is when I'm driving or whenever I'm somewhere, like I try to find like, are there trees here? Or, you know, when I'm driving and I'm, you know, stuck in traffic, stressed out, I might look at, you know, at the trees like on the side on the side of the highway or um when there's a change in seasons i you know take advantage of the smells you know if you do have trees around you just notice if the smell changes with each season or how the trees might change you know the foliage might change or or sometimes you can even use imagery you know like if you have a place that you go close to your heart. A lot of people use the beach, other people use the forest or, you know, a plant that you might have had at back home or a pet, like a loving pet, you know, whether they're they're living or in spirit. Just kind of using that imagery and just kind of remember what it felt like to be there. Mm. So sometimes even if you don't have that access to nature, well, green nature per se, you can find other ways right so rain is part of nature you know just sitting out there mm -hmm. and just letting rain you know just just feel the rain on you that's I, I do that one a lot when I'm stressed out and it's raining mm -hmm. <laughs> I let the rain mm -hmm. brow me you can mm -hmm. feel the the sunshine on your skin you know that's also really helpful for uh, depression that's why during the winter most of us might feel a little mm -hmm. bit down because there's less sunlight but you know or 
noticing the moon, like what phase of the moon are we in? If um, you can see the stars, notice if you can notice the stars or notice if, you know, you see any type of um, animal life around you, whether it's an animal life that you enjoy or not, you know, like um, pigeons or <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. squirrels or, you know, that more urban life, you know, a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> even yeah. with, you know with a spider you can you know like even with a bug right like you could just observe it and just experience the environment that you're in through their eyes or if you have a pet like just look at your pet what are they doing you know so sometimes those things just finding either ima you know imagining a place that you hold dear to your heart or of the things that we have with us because nature is around us always right the wind mm -hmm. the stars the moon a candle you know looking at the fire of the candle uh, looking at the flames is dancing all those things can always you know like that that can be a connection in itself and if you wanted to feel more connected it might help sometimes to ask yourself what would it feel like to be the moon what would it feel like mm -hmm. to be this candle or let me, you know, um, take deep breaths as I watch, you know, the flame dance around or, you know, let me sit out here and feel the rain for a little bit. Or if I can't, let me just watch the rain hit the window and just imagine what it would feel like to stand under that or focus on the sound of the rain, you know. So even if we might not have access to a forest or plants, remember that nature, because we do live in Mother Earth, you know, like... Um, we are surrounded by Mother Nature. Nature is all around us always. It's in the air that we yes. breathe, right? In the energy that it, that we, that it gives us to survive. Mm. This is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing because it's many folks, including myself, for the longest, I remember being like, oh, I need to go hiking, especially, you know, I live in California. It's like hiking, 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 or the beach. Mm -hmm. But time or family and Lately, I've just been connecting with, I mean, you reframe, like there's nature always, but like what I would consider with the little nature that I have nearby, which is like the little trees and the little community that I live. And that's been so amazing. I feel like, mm -hmm. and then I was thinking the other day, maybe it's because I was never observing, but I feel like the place that I live right now, even though there's concrete and wood and, you know, buildings, there's so many birds. I've never been so aware of so many birds in my life or... Mm -hmm bees or hummingbird and dragonflies and sometimes I'm like wow this feels like a special place to just observe those their interaction and the trees and the flowers even if it's little that practice for me has been which is I started more for mindfulness skills mm -hmm. but it has become this love for nature and when I say that I started as a mindfulness skill it was because I was training to do a bike ride like a race and I was riding the bike and I would be like okay what's the most tallest tree or whatever to kind of keep myself out of the oh my god I'm gonna die I cannot do this anymore uh -huh. but now like I'm driving in and it just you know and, and um I love sharing that with my with my oldest like this morning as we were driving it's raining in LA and it usually never rains to the point that he was like wait it's flooding you know and I'm like yeah, it's a little bit, but he was like, but there's no hurricane here. And it was like, okay, explaining all that. But there's, when it rains, there's something about the flowers that you see them in a different color. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there were this flower underneath, 
We were like next to the airport underneath a like puente, a bridge. Right now I'm like thinking mm -hmm. in Spanish. And there were these beautiful flowers, like all different colors. And I stopped and I'm like, oh my God, look at the flowers. And he stopped whatever he was saying. He's like, oh mom, they're really pretty. And I'm like, and then it was like, oh, I love sharing this little practice because it's, it's always around us. And if we pay attention, which is like back to mm -hmm. what you were sharing, the mindfulness, if we pay attention with the senses that we, we have, we can sense it and mm -hmm. we can remember mm -hmm. that we're connected that we're mm -hmm. one ecosystem and and to take care because when you start doing that it also increases that aspect of that connection of I don't want to hurt you <laughs> right so a big part of nature therapy is that like consent <laughs> so yeah. before you touch a tree before you pick up a rock or anything you ask for consent to the tree mm. you know like is it okay to touch you is it okay to You know, and if you can, you try not to take anything with you. You just leave things where they are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as part of, you know, that that respect for the environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is, yeah, <laughs> that in itself, I'm like, that is, you know, just taking anything that you see, is just, you know, it could be see like a colonizer kind of <laughs> behavior, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I mm -hmm. like this, let me take it. Yeah. And with the clients that you work helping them reconnect with this quote-unquote new nature, new world that might feel even dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like, I was not aware that in Georgia you cannot, to have a driver's license, you need your social security. That, that sounds, yeah. over here that would be like the real ID, but you can have a driver's license mm -hmm. without the social. And, and I'm just here thinking like, wow, like how mm -hmm. horrible, and that they call eyes. So, It's like they moved probably, you know, as a refugee, basically. They escaped something and they came here. And then they're like, things outside might feel dangerous mm -hmm. as opposed to staying inside the apartment or the place that they're living. Mm -hmm. So how is that journey of helping them reconnect with a different kind of world and opening them to this opportunity that it's not dangerous, that it that is a new connection? Mm -hmm. How's that yeah. Been? So what I try to do, you know, because these are kids at the end of the day, I don't want them, you know, wandering around in the forest by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if we can meet in person, we will go together, you know, so in therapy, I don't know if you're familiar with walk and talk therapy. So we'll mm -hmm. walk around, you know, look at stuff, uh, pay attention, you know, to the different things going on around us or, you know, just talk about why whatever is coming up and allow the person to engage with the natural world as they might need in the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's no, you know, there's only what is, you know, if, if you might feel need to touch something to ground yourself, we allow it. And when it's virtual, because that's uh, different, mm -hmm. we do it through a safe, through a safe lens, right? So it can be just looking out the window or just crossing crossing the threshold of the, the door, right? The front door or the back door and just standing just right outside or, you know, just like looking out the door or opening the window, you know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. just offering the invitation, you know, if the family would feel safe and they would want to engage in, you know, hiking or sitting outside, you know, 
that's always there and if not it's okay so basically it's up to each person what they feel comfortable mm. with so if you're someone that doesn't feel comfortable with walking out in in the forest you don't have to you know like you can just look at the windows there at the tree mm -hmm. if you don't want to open the window you don't have to you know just still just look through the window so it just depends on the person and you want to make it as safe as possible so each person will have control of their own experience and I'm just there to either guide or help out but I'm not the authority per se you know like there's no right way to do it whatever way feels good for you that's the that's the right way to do it which in a way is very respectful to them as well of course and it's showing like this very gentle and was that part of your schooling the nature no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay <laughs> how do you bump into it so when I don't know. I just wanted to look into it because I noticed that it helps me a lot. I seek out nature a lot and I just see how, you know, how grounding it is, you know, to or how well I slept, for example, when it rains, like I sleep really well. So, you know, like I was always, you know, just kind of drawn to it. And I, I wanted to find ways to help people connect with nature as a resource to help you feel better. So that's one and then mm -hmm. two through my study of trauma, right? So in the polyvagal theory, I don't know if mm -hmm. you're familiar with it, right? So we have the three, you know, stages of responses to our environment, right? So the window of tolerance is where we can still feel the emotions and not be flooded mm -hmm. by them or frozen by them. Mm -hmm. So usually one of the things that was recommended but, um, by Deb Dana, who is the person that kind of adapted that in the therapy world, was to connect with nature. So I kind of validated already what I felt. And then another thing that I was interested in is in, you know, really going out there with my clients based on what they like to do. So a lot of my clients already like going hiking. They already enjoy nature. Thankfully, Georgia is very green, so we do have access to a lot of different, you know, there's a, like to trees and, mm -hmm. you know, different animals and, you know, so that this is, thankfully is available to us. So that's how I kind of started looking more into it. And the more I learned about how you can build this relationship with the space around you and how healing it can be. Mm. And was that before, because I know right now a lot of people do the walk and talk. Was that before that kind of got popularity or like were you like starting even before or I don't know? Yeah. So when I was in the community service board or the my job where I first started as a therapist mm -hmm. with my teenagers, we'll, we'll go out and talk and walk around. And that will, so that's grounding and walking itself helps you process things mm -hmm. a little bit easier so that's kind of like you're doing emdr yeah without needing to do emdrs so that you know that that was also you know helpful so sometimes we'll be walking and it's the same thing usually i'll meet the person in a part that they already feel comfortable in and they lead the way and i just walk with them mm -hmm. and usually when if you're talking about something and you're processing it and you're making connections Usually people will start walking faster because that means they're processing. Mm -hmm. And then when they need to, you know, stop and, and just kind of think, that, you know, like, and, and I'm just there, you know, to, I'm just there with them for support. And 
to help them get a I'm there as another resource mm. but most of the things you know with nature with healing people are doing their own work and that's you know what what is so amazing to me how resilient people can be that is mm. so beautiful yeah the reason I was bringing that aspect were you doing that before was more because I wonder if there was any resistance by your agency or supervisors when or other people no no thankfully no, because the agency that I worked at, it was actually one of the only agencies that served the Latine community here in mm -hmm. Georgia. So mm -hmm. all of us were Latinos. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, that was just a thing that it was okay, you know, like it was okay to do. And, and if the kids wanted to go out and walk around, like we were allowed, of course, we're not leaving super far. We're just walking mm -hmm. around the clinic, around, you know, the parking lot, just going in circles. Mm -hmm. But but no, that was, you know, that was welcome, was, you know, like just as part of like, I guess that cultural awareness, but because we're all in a way kind of connected, you know, in, a, that in was our good, values. Yeah. yeah. There's still a lot of agencies that serve the Latine community that are not. Right. And that, it also depends, yeah. right? Like it depends on the person. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people didn't feel comfortable with it. Some of us did. You know, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. yeah. And it sounds like it was like, it did not happen all together. It was like slow steps that you were like taking with it and you were progressing into like, hmm, I want to do this more or, and then mm -hmm. taking the training and all that. So I wonder mm -hmm. if you have a, like, what would be a message that you can tell any other person that's listening that is like, I would like to start that journey of mm -hmm. integrating more nature either for their lives or with their clients what would you mm -hmm. recommend so for people that might want to have more connection with nature in their lives i would recommend you know just like you said just observing just noticing the miracles of nature you know rain the moon the sky the clouds you know just oxygen <laughs> in general the mm -hmm. fact that we can breathe and you know connecting through what is available to you and what you feel comfortable with of course you know so that's why i said you know if if you feel comfortable grabbing dirt with your bare hands great if not that's okay you know there's not wrong or right way to do it and then also always know that we are in nature right like nature is always around us it doesn't have to be green nature or right yeah or you know a river or you know like it can be as much as, you know, the water that you have in the sink, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And for the counselors that might want to add this as, you know, like in their toolbox, you can, you don't have to go outside if you don't want to. You can have nature within your office. You know, you can have a plant or you can have a box full of different things that might be helpful, you know? So some counselors might have feathers or dry plants or, you know, you can do it through, you know, like a candle that smells like something, you know. And if you do want to do it outside, there are some, you know, safety things that you need to be aware of. Yes. So for that, I would recommend either seeking some consultation or taking a class with a caveat that what they might teach you that is evidence-based. Right, right, right. <laughs> might right. not be the whole truth, right? And at the same time, you know, some of the things, you know, like um, of every training, just take what is helpful and what is not. You can, you know, let, let yep. go of it. 
especially when working with a community that was not used when they were creating the evidence base exactly or mm -hmm. testing it yeah mm -hmm. uh, thank you Diana this is bringing me like so many ahas in terms of like different ways and smaller ways that I can connect and it's such a special day to do this interview because it was raining a lot and we don't get that over here that much and yeah even the wind and it reminded me a little bit of Puerto Rico and mm -hmm. yeah so that was really special so we can continue talking about nature because it's something that I also enjoy but we're getting at the end of the episode so I like doing this fire round questions or end the sentence so basically just finish the sentence the first one is my unique and special gift is I would like to say compassion mm -hmm. yeah yeah I am reclaiming I am reclaiming letting go of doing things by the book <laughs> you know like I am yeah. reclaiming kind of doing what works <laughs> yeah I no longer subscribe to same you know uh, following certain protocols or having to do things a certain way you know the way that we've been taught because sometimes that's not that might be oppressive too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if my ancestors would speak they would say they would say that that rest is important and you know that this connection and love it's healing <laughs> mm. and my wish for you meaning the audience is that you are able to find love and the love and connection that you seek and that you're able to find your, the connection with nature that you that your heart might be looking for mm. thank you so much for this where can the audience find you or maybe someone that might be like hmm, i would like to have diana as my you know to consult <laughs> you can find me through the latinx therapy directory you just look me up there and you'll find my contact information or you can also find me on instagram at consejeria underscore caring and healing and sometimes you know i might post some videos there you know for grounding and, and all of that are here in the show notes so you can click over there and, and go directly either to the directory or to the instagram page thank you so much for your courage i was trying to find like bravery but then it's courage to follow your calling thank you <laughs> because that's by you doing so you're providing that medicina your medicina in a very special way and also inspiring others to reconnect to themselves and thank you for doing that thank you and thank you for having me yes thank you so much and everybody You can get all the information down here in the show notes and we'll talk next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Licensed Psychologist Now What? To make sure you don't miss any episode, make sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast player and to join our email list via our website. Lastly, I will appreciate if you would rate and review our podcast to help us reach more folks that can benefit from the information provided here. Until next time, Bye-bye.